0: This Woman Over 70 podcast is sponsored by Vesta, a woman-owned kitchen and bath design firm in Chicago. Award-winning founder, Colette Rodon-Hornoff and her team offer a collaborative and detail-oriented approach that turns your vision into a space you will love. Through design, measurement, and construction, you can count on Vesta to bring your dreams to reality. Visit Vesta online at vestachicago.com or call 773-252-7300. Let Vesta infuse your home with warmth and welcome. Hello, I'm Catherine. And I'm Gail. And we welcome you to Women Over 70 Aging Reimagined, our award-winning weekly podcast. We're excited to be in our fourth year this has been a labor of love that now needs your support. We urge you to join Aging Reimagine Circle, our sustaining membership fund, or make a donation so we may continue to inspire women to age with purpose, resilience, and self-care. Visit womenover70.com and join today. And today we're very excited to
1: be talking with with Debbie Watts uh, as part of our Advocates for Women Aging series. Debbie Watts's mission is empowering women through speaking, entertaining, her Women Out of This World Foundation, her Senior Moments syndicated columns, and her YouTube videos. And recently, Debbie was crowned Ms. Ms. Senior World 70s for 2023, which provides another platform for reaching more women. As founding owner of Tennessee Stage and Film Company, Debbie writes, develops, and stages historical stage plays. And at the Historical Hermitage Hotel in downtown Nashville, Debbie regularly entertains tea guests with historical interpretations of Nashville suffragists, including Ann Dallas Dudley. Debbie has much, in her words, much to offer about living healthy and living large to create the best possible life in our later decades. So welcome, Debbie, to Women Over 70.
2: Thank you so much. And you know, as I was hearing you introduce me and I heard you say over 70, I go, whoa, is that me? Is that really me?
1: <laughs> it is now.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: So let's, uh,
1: let's just go back a little bit in history, your history. Your third grade teacher in rural Tennessee encouraged your musical talents and you went on to have a career as a playwright and musical theater star. So tell us about how you use these platforms to bring women's history to the stage. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Well, you know, um, I learned uh, during my career as an educator that if you want to really reach the part of the brain that learns, you go through an entertainment channel. You know, Um, I taught middle school for most of my career. And if there's one thing those gals understand, it's drama. (laughs) And so I learned that drama is a powerful tool, whatever you're trying to teach anyone. And so it's sort of, I sort of naturally gravitated toward these historical uh, figures because it was a great way to teach history. Mm -hmm. You know, you make something fun and people will, uh, there's an old saying that says, it's not so important what you say, but how you've made someone feel. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of go through that amygdala. That feeling point in the brain, and then and then once I'm there, once I've got them, then they can learn from me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: So tell us a little bit more about what you what you do at the Hermitage Hotel. Oh, that Nashville. is
2: so much fun, you know. And I I wish everybody could come to Nashville. I, I wish I could show everybody Nashville. In fact, uh, I had a group of friends down there yesterday, and I gave them a tour of the Hermitage Hotel. The Hermitage Hotel was built downtown Nashville in 1910 in the bow arts style, and it has been restored to its original uh, content in the lobby and all over the whole hotel. It's just absolutely stunning. And uh, back in the days when women were fighting for the right to vote in 1920, the Hermitage Hotel, because of its proximity to the Capitol building, downtown Nashville, many people don't know that that vote came down to Tennessee. Tennessee was the last vote for women to get the right to vote. And the fight between the Yellow Roses who were for the right to vote and the Red Roses who were against took place in the lobby of the Hermitage Hotel mm-hmm. because the legislators would come in the lobby to smoke cigars every day. And that's where both sides did their lobbying, was in the lobby mm-hmm. of the Hermitage Hotel. And so I bring to life Ann Dallas Dudley, who was Nashville's kind of poster girl for the whole movement. She was uh, a very physically beautiful woman, uh, classically trained, educated, sophisticated, charming, and she had beautiful children. And so the children posed with her for posters and photographs, rode with her in parades. And her hubby, Guilford Dudley, who began an insurance company in Nashville, said, Annie, I'm going to have to stay out of it because I'm losing clients. <laughs> you you go and do whatever you feel like you need to do, but I'm going to have to stay out of it. So you've got an interesting story right there. Will this marriage survive? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so when I pulled them into that, to that uh, side of the story, then all of the ladies who are sipping their tea sit up and take notice, and then they learn something about history in the process. And and,
1: and are, are you tell us about being a musical theater star?
2: What? Oh my goodness! I uh, you know the word star, that kind of I don't know I don't know about star, but I enjoy being featured in in those shows. Uh, I began writing. Years ago, I was an entertainer on the Cumberland River showboats that went up and down the Cumberland River in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And tourists would often ask me, Do you know anything about Captain Ryman, who was a, a riverboat pilot on the Cumberland, who actually built the Ryman Auditorium? And he's the one who it's named for. So I said, When I get time, I put it on my to do list to do research about Captain Ryman. And I found a fascinating story. So my first stage play, we told the story of how Captain Ryman and his wife together, built the Roman Auditorium.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I was hooked. I was hooked on, you know, you can't make up a story that's as good as history. Mm-hmm. You just can't. You know, you can write a good story, and you can tell a good story, but you can't make this stuff up. Mm -hmm. It was just, it had romance, it had adventure, it had um, uh, lasting, you know, uh, humanitarians, philanthropists that did something that, that Ryman Auditorium is still there and they still perform in it today. And so that was the first story that we told. Uh, And I told it in a two-person play format. And let me tell you something, when you're on stage almost for two hours carrying a two-person play, it will take its toll on you. Mm (laughs) At the end of the day of a performance, a matinee, and then a nighttime performance, I didn't know who I was. I thought I was Betty Ryman at the end of the day. <laughs> that's
0: great. I'm so
2: curious, that was the first
1: one. That's, that's wonderful. I'm curious about how uh, women react to the historic stories you're telling about other women.
2: Well, you know, uh, that's the powerful Stafford thing. Just, yeah, that's the sure. powerful thing. I've gotten my reactions range from smiles and swells of pride to tears.
0: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, sometimes the ladies tear up at tea when, when I tell them that finale of how that one legislator changed his vote because his mother wrote him a letter urging him to do the right thing. When they hear that that a that a young legislator of twenty three years old did it to please his mother and that changed history, <laughs> sometimes I get tears. And I'm it's very, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, and and Nashville ladies who don't know how that happened, you see the pride come right after the tears.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And and it's a great thing if you can entertain an audience and make them feel proud at the same time. That's powerful.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, I I'm I'm, um, I'm observing something and that is that you're wearing a crown on your head. So, tell us about about this.
2: About missing your world? Yes. Oh my goodness. You know, uh, I didn't start doing pageants until i was 65 years old and just to to show you how green i was for that very first pageant a girlfriend of mine said debbie you're talented you need to win a pageant that that would give you you know with all of your projects and all your things you want to do for women being a title holder from a pageant gives you gives you a little bit of leverage gives you a little bit of public forum And so I entered my first pageant. My daughter was my makeup artist, and I wore my very first pair of fake eyelashes ever. I didn't know you were supposed to take them off. So in the middle of the night after the pageant was over, and by the way, I placed third in my very first pageant, I woke up and looked on the pillow next to me at what I thought was a tarantula. (laughs) I could see
0: why. It was
2: that eyelash. And I grabbed my little pageant pump and I started beating my pillow saying, you can't get a decent hotel room no matter what you do. And my daughter woke up and said, mother, mother, it's your lunch. So that little story just tells you that I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) So um, this was my third. This was my third pageant. I did pull the wind out. Um, I I don't know why or how. But um, I, I just know that I kept believing uh that i was going to do my best because i had a mission it wasn't just to get a crown on my head i don't i mean you can collect crowns if you want to but the real reason to do a pageant is that you want to improve yourself and you you want to have a forum for your message Mm -hmm. and i suppose that everything lined up in place for me to, that this was my time in history to to capitalize on this, and and let me tell you that the Miss Senior World Pageant, their motto is women supporting women, so it was already in line with my mission mm-hmm. of women out of this world. And so it's going to be twenty twenty three is going to be as my granddaddy used to say, I'm going to be busier than a beekeeper at a honey convention,
0: <laughs> and I'm going to
2: love every minute of it.
0: Debbie, if I can ask you, what what does that mean? Uh... Your, your mission, you said women, women out of this world women out of this world. Yes. What is, what does that let, mean? Let me
2: tell you how I, yeah, I, I love to tell how I came up with that. You know, there's a biblical scripture that tells us that you must live in the world. But let me urge you to be not a part of the world. Now, I interpret that to mean that women are expected to be women out of this world. <laughs> that means not only be your very best for yourself, but be your very best so that you will not look like the typical what the world adores. You you should be above that, above it all. Mm-hmm. And so at least that's my goal. That's my goal to teach women and to tell women that they can do that if they want to. They don't have to be what the world would like. They they can have a mission and they can be out of this world. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so, are you providing uh, seminars or how do you reach women yes,
1: through the, the foundation? The, the
2: way I'm the way I'm doing that is as you mentioned earlier through my um, senior moments columns. Um, in fact, my uh, my editor has given me permission this year to focus on my experiences as a title holder at the age of 70. Mm. And so it's going to be kind of be unique to me, you know, my experiences and, and in the process of telling these stories in these weekly columns, I also bring in health tips and nutrition and energizing and spiritual, you know, uplifting. So it's going to be the perfect format for me. And then also my YouTube videos and doing podcasts like this one. Um, Yes, I do have appointments to ride in parades, but that's just a part of it. Because after the parade, I get to speak to the to the women. You know, I get I get the women in the palm of my hand. And uh, uh, I just can't say enough good things about what kind of experience that was for me at age 70. And and one thing that I really liked about this particular pageant, Miss Senior World, is that she did have three age groups. And I felt like it was much more fair. You know, it wouldn't be all that fair for a 70 year old to compete against a 50 year old or I I wouldn't feel like that was totally fair. So they had 50s, 60s and 70s. And we're three queens that we we do everything together, even though we're in different parts of the country. We we are arm in arm and we've got a mission. Our missions are aligned. I didn't
1: I didn't realize that part of it. That's exciting. So that there are the here's what women getting older look like. This is what yes. we do. This is what we care about.
2: This is what the best fifty might be like. This is what the best sixty might be like. This is what the best seventy might be like. You know, and as far as I'm concerned, I I love to coin words, and I call this year seventy rific. This yes. is going to be seventy rific.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yes, <laughs> are you? I think are call- newly newly minted seventy, aren't you? I mean, you're 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 in the er- your early seventies.
2: Just turned 70 in August. Yes. In August. Okay. August of 2022. Uh-huh. So, okay. so I, I was kind of the young chick in the seventies group. And, um, I, I suppose, I suppose it was, it worked in my favor. I, I do remember, um, winning the interview, uh, subcategory, the preliminary. And I'm not sure how I did that, except that it was the end of those judges of, of their day. And, uh, we had a good time and we laughed they laughed when i told them my story about meeting Mick Jagger of the rolling stones mm-hmm. so i think that's why i i fared well in the interview they they were they were starstruck when i said the word mick jagger and how did he come up in conversation <laughs> the question was as an entertainer is there someone that you would like to be the opening act for and who who would it be and i said well that's easy it's my friend mick jagger And they all, you know, they alofted themselves in their seats. And one of them said, your friend, Mick Jagger, we want to hear about that. So I was performing at the Hermitage Hotel one afternoon. And Mick Jagger was staying at the Hermitage Hotel because the the Stones were having a Nashville concert. And I was taking a break and I stepped outside in the sunshine and to get warm. And this distinguished looking very attractive man who happened to have on a mask and a ball cap, but the ball cap pushed his hair down over his collar. And I'm a sucker for a man's hair over his collar anyway. So he walked right over to me. I don't know if he thought I was management or what I I was dressed in sequins. So I don't think management would wear sequins to work, but he walked right over to me and he goes, we were so disappointed when we got here. And I said, oh, tell me. And he goes, your restaurant, the Capitol Grill, is my favorite restaurant in the whole colonies. And it's closed for renovation. And he got real prissy with it. (laughs) put his hand on his hip. And I said, well, you know what? A very wise man once said in song, you can't always get what you want. Well, he was silent for about three seconds. And those were the longest three seconds of my life. Because I didn't know how that was going to go. I didn't know if I was going to have to take my stuff and leave the Hermitage Hotel or what. But he finally laughed, And so from that point on, we had a, a nice conversation. He stopped by the piano, stayed for a couple of songs. And I, I felt like that let me say that he was my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. It could story. have gone the other way, though, mind you. It really could. It really could. I, I was on thin ice and I just didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. But um, when he realized that I must be the piano player, he followed me to the piano. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's great. Yes, Gail, ready. you look like you're ready to ask a question. Or
0: well, sense. I was. Curious. Oh yes, Gail, please ask. <laughs> I was curious <laughs> to learn more about how you are empowering women through this this uh, year that you're Miss Miss Senior Senior Woman Seventies. Mm-hmm. so uh, what are there any programs that are specifically set up for that or what 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 is it that you're doing okay we're free uh, we're free to make our own bookings nope. and as
2: I, as i book for 2023 the way that i'm billing myself is as a speaker tainer
0: mm-hmm. and
2: so i bring one of my historical powerful women with me to to teach the women that and to inspire them with these historical real women who did extraordinary things 100, 100 years ago. If they could do it then, we can do it now. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell them when I tell them about Ann Dallas Dudley. You know, she rode a train and crisscrossed the state of Tennessee 15, 16 times. And travel back in 1919 and 20 was, was not like it is now. It was hard. Mm-hmm. And if she could do that, we can step on a plane and be anywhere in two hours. Yes, you know that's my that's my philosophy about that, and that's that's the application with her. Um, I also do another one of my women out of this world that's inspiring to me, and and you ladies who are sophisticated from Chicago might not know this person, but uh, there's a Grand Ole Opry lady, entertainer, comedian named Minnie Pearl. I do Minnie Pearl. Yes, do you do you know her? She, you know, she was an amazing woman, and and in fact. Her real name, Sarah Cannon, we now have the Sarah Cannon Cancer Centers, uh, which, which were inspired by her and her fight with cancer and her dedication to urging women to, to keep up their medical checkups and, and to stay ahead of, of that terrible, terrible disease. Mm-hmm. But uh, I became friends with Minnie Pearl backstage when I worked at Opryland. And she uh, she grabbed me by the hand one afternoon and yanked me in her dressing room. And I thought she was going to spank me. But she said, come here to me, you little rat tail. And it's the only time in my life that I know that anybody ever called me a rat tail. But when Minnie Pearl calls you that, you pay attention. And so she sat me down. She goes, you want to be in show business, don't you? And I said, well, that would be real nice. And she said, I'm going to tell you how to do it. She said, remember two things. You start your show with a laugh and you end your show with a laugh and they will love you. And so she qualifies to be one of my women out of this world. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So you've mentioned health um, several times as being one of the issues that you you want to bring to women's attention. And when you and I talked um, earlier, you said that your interest in living healthy has been influenced in part by your mother's experience with Alzheimer's. Yes. can we switch gears a bit here and and have you tell us about that? Sure.
2: And I'll stop being funny for the next few minutes because uh, that experience in my life was anything but funny. But, um, you know, my mom was diagnosed after my dad's death. And my brother and I noticed her slipping, you know, slipping a little. But we didn't know what Alzheimer's was at the time. We, We didn't. Our family had never been touched by it. Until the day that I walked in her home with my brother and she thought my brother was my dad and she thought I was another woman that my dad had brought into her home. Yeah. That devastated me. Sure. And um, my my children, my two uh, children were with me and they didn't, you know, I could handle it, but they didn't understand how that their grandma could could do that. And so I knew I knew that I needed to educate myself first and then educate others because we were told that she would go downhill fast, that she had the kind that was, I don't know, fast moving. That, that's not the phrase that they used, but, but we were told that it would go fast. And so um, I wrote a little book called What's Wrong with Grandma? Mm -hmm. And it was written for children to help them understand the disease of Alzheimer's and how that you can still have a good day with your grandma if you just understand what she's going through. Mm
0: -hmm. She
2: might not know you today. She might know you tomorrow. She might not know you the next day. So I wanted to save children from being shocked like my children were that, that afternoon, you know that That look on their faces said it all when they when my mom thought I was another woman in my dad's life. Mm-hmm. So um, that 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 was a very, very pivotal point in my career as one who wants the best for women everywhere. Mm -hmm. Women need to know that if they would ward off Alzheimer's, they will practice good nutrition and exercise and keep their brains alert Mm -hmm. and keep their spirits alert Mm
0: -hmm. because
2: you can let yourself slip. I did learn that. And the research that they've made and the strides they've made, I've made it my goal to support research and do everything I can to help them so that in my grandchildren's lifetime, they can they can have the breakthrough. It may happen. It may happen very quickly They're They're really they've made some great strides. And as an entertainer who entertains a lot of senior groups and memory care groups, I, I've learned so much about the senior brain and how it works. And it's fascinating to me that my audiences in, in a senior in a memory care unit, for example, they might not be able to tell you their name if you ask them their name, but you start singing old songs and they can sing every word of an old song with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, that's pretty fascinating about the human brain. Yes, it is. Don't you agree?
1: Absolutely, yeah. That's it, it, is a, it is
2: a fascinating, fascinating study. And I wish uh, I wish that I really had the time to get another degree in it. But I was telling my, my coworker at Music for Seniors the other day that this experience has been the equivalent of a degree in senior health for me mm-hmm. and senior brain health. Mm-hmm. Is there
1: anything else you can tell us about that?
2: What, what stands out for you about
1: senior brains or how to, um, how to relate
0: mm-hmm.
1: authentically mm-hmm.
2: With, with people? Well, this is probably the most dramatic example of, of what I've learned and, and what sticks with me. When, when they roll in someone who's who's either on wheels or or lying on a gurney because that that's their state of of things that particular day. Sometimes they have their eyes closed and they're still singing the words to the songs.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now that's 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 a fascinating mechanism, the human brain. And I just wish I could do, you know, had the time to to do the real clinical study of it because I'm I'm just studying it as an entertainer. Mm-hmm. But I know that things can be done if if the human brain can help you do that, then we can do better for ourselves with our brains. Sure, yeah. that's
0: just what I believe. And has this From, influenced yourself, you yourself? How how do you think about living healthy healthily? Now? Oh, yeah. Yes,
2: my goodness, yes. You know, um, when when I think about keeping my own brain sharp and active, uh, my husband teases me about this, but I play two-handed Scrabble.
0: Mm-hmm. It
2: gets my brain going every morning. I love it. I love it. And I love board games and I love television game shows. I produced a television game show in a previous life, uh, actually in this lifetime, but it, I call my life several different lives. But just whatever it takes to keep your brain sharp and moving and to keep you communicating with others, whether it's on Facebook or social media or, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, in a sewing circle or a quilting view, whatever it is, socialization Mm -hmm. is an important part of keeping yourself sharp.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. And I think
2: we all learned that during the pandemic yes. because of how we felt a sense of loss during that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So, what do you see for yourself um, after 2023?
2: After 2023, hmm. well, I'm going to continue to write and produce stage plays. I'm also working on a screen television uh, movie screenplay uh, inspired by a song I wrote. And um, um, Probably with the time that it's taking me in 2023 to make these appearances and uh, the seminars with women that I'm that I'm doing, I'll probably have a little more alone time as a writer after this year is over, Mm -hmm. although I I welcome both. I mean, if, if I'm still in demand as a speaker tainer after after I'm not promoting, you know, the title anymore, I'll welcome all of it. But. Uh, I really envision myself as writing something really big. Mm. I really do. I really do. I feel that happening for me.
0: <laughs> if and I can just it keep it my about brain shut. About
2: is it about uh,
0: possibly? About
2: women? Possibly. Uh, what I'm what I'm inclined to think right now is that. Uh, my colleague and I were working on a full-out stage musical based on the suffrage movement mm-hmm. when the pandemic shut us down, mm-hmm. and I think I'll probably be taking Ann Dallas Dudley and writing a full-out musical complete with a suffrage chorus line and, you know, uh, so- original songs, and I really would like to see that happen.
1: We would like to see that happen. Yes.
2: Would you? <laughs> Could awesome. I bring it to Chicago? Would you help me bring it to Chicago? Oh, well,
1: you bet. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've been to Chicago once. I'd love to come back. Yeah, I don't know. um, Chicago may not be ready for me, but but there is a place that I love visiting when I'm there, and that is Peach's Boutique Formal Wear Shop. Oh my goodness, their pageant gowns are to die for. (laughs)
1: Just before we have to close, Debbie,
2: yeah, say more about why we need a part two one of these days. I think so.
1: Um, Just say more about why you think it's. Why would you encourage other women to to, to uh, compete in a pageant? What, what is it mm, about?
2: You know, uh, I, think, I think what you're competing with when you do a pageant is not the other women. You're there to support each other, but you're competing with yourself
0: mm.
2: to be the best you and be a better you than you were the last pageant or a better you than you were last month or a better you than you were yesterday. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, if women could all experience that and they could catch that fire of seeing the, the self-challenge and the self-growth, that's what I wish every woman could learn. Mm-hmm. And it's never too late to learn it. Remember, I didn't do my first pageant till I was 65. Remember the false eyelashes and everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to do some things out of not knowing what you're doing, but so what? So mm-hmm. what? It's true. That's my challenge too, you. Yeah?
1: <laughs> that's a that's a wonderful note to to close on. Thank you. Do you have anything else you want to say share with us before we we have to close?
2: Well, I've already said I'm busier than a beekeeper at a honey convention. So the minute that we sign off, I've got about six projects waiting for me. So <laughs> and, you know, and I think that's part of the secret to this: staying alert and staying sharp is always having something that's urgent. You know. Yeah that's the stimulus here. That's, that's my kick, you know.
0: Passion. Pro- for <laughs> What's <laughs> that, Gail? Passion projects. Yes. Okay.
2: Passion projects. Exactly. Yes. I have a long list of them. <laughs> yes. And never stop. Acquire new ones. When you get to the bottom of that list, have new ones.
0: <laughs> right. Well, thanks Thank so, you, much. so much. Yeah. Yes. Thank it's you beautiful. both. Mwah. Wonderful. And and listeners, at the beginning of the podcast, we invited you to join Aging Reimagined Circle, our sustaining membership fund. Aging Reimagined Circle hosts our monthly programs. And we hope that you will engage in these probing conversations and discussions and lend your voice to our important conversations about issues that matter to women aging. Visit womenover70.com and join.
2: I'll tell all my to, friends to do it.
0: Please do. Please okay. do and we'll be following you this year as well. Yes. Thank you
1: so much. Thank you. Welcome.